I'm shook! Welcome to the Holly Shook Podcast. I'm Armin, and I'm joined over the phone by my lovely, ever-so-wonderful co-host, Ryan Alkire. How are you, Rye? Hi, Armin. I'm doing so, so well. Dog-sitting my little rascals again. It's the last day, thank God. It's your last day dog-sitting? For now, yeah. So the jig is up, huh? The jig is up and the gig is up. Um, yeah, it's I'm, it's bittersweet. I'm excited to not have to come watch dogs every day, but I'll miss my little fat little babies. You had a nice racket going. You just got to chill in a penthouse apartment, get paid, do nothing except what you'd normally do. I know, um, except... I had to bring all my podcast recording devices today, and I forgot <laughs> the most important part, the plug, to plug it in. So we're doing a little makeshift recording today. It's, it's made things a little bit interesting this morning. It's been an interesting morning. We'll just keep it at that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I guess we should just go into the scandal, because that's scandal enough, you know, what happened that's... this morning. And we don't want to cover that. That's for a future Holly Shook. Yeah, it's been a lot happening. Lots behind the scenes work going on here. (laughs) Yes, and uh, not all of it pretty. So, Rye, today, as you know, is my turn to tell the scandal, the scandalous story. Mm -hmm. Should we start with the guessing game? It's going to be a hard one. Let's try. I have a feeling you're going to get this one. I feel like I might. So it occurred in the mid 1990s. It has to do Already lost. Already <laughs> You're like what year was that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Specifically 1995. Okay. And it has to do with an arrest. Okay. An arrest um, of a famous Hollywood star. Okay, there's a lot of those. He's British. That- British, British. So I guess, you know, British star, but, you know, he was in Hollywood. A British star in Hollywood. I almost want to say Mel Gibson, but I don't think he's British. Australian. Although not really Australian, but he grew up in Australia. Mel Gibson is? Or the guy we're talking about? Mel Gibson. Okay, so it's not Mel Gibson. Not Mel Gibson. Um, what, what did they get arrested for? Lewd conduct. Okay, now I want to say Pee Wee Herman, but I don't think he's British. <laughs> but I definitely think he was arrested for lewd conduct multiple times. Yeah. Um, There's a Pee Wee Herman scandal or two we could do one day. The Pee Wee Herman scandal is, like, so gross. Um, I don't know. I'm, you know I'm so bad. You're the one who's good at guessing, not me. You can get this. He was dating Elizabeth Hurley at the time. Oh my god, um, what's his face? I love Elizabeth Hurley. Um, Hugh Grant. Ding, 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 ding. Yes, you got it. Hugh Grant. <laughs> yes. Okay, I remember this. So he the, was dating Elizabeth Hurley. For eight years at the time. But in 95, he was arrested by LAPD Vice for lewd conduct. He was caught receiving oral sex from a prostitute. I remember in his car, right? In his car, in his white BMW. 
Of course, of course. I love how detailed these scandals could get. People just get obsessed with the minutia. The fact that every article I read would would refer to his white BMW just makes me crack up. I don't know why. It's like O.J. Simpson's white Ford whatever. Bronco. The Ford Bronco. Bronco. Yeah, that's infamous too. Okay, so this was so much drama, I remember. So much drama. People were obsessed with this scandal, especially the aftermath of it, but we'll get there. So let's start with who was Hugh Grant. Maybe you guys aren't aware of who who Hugh Grant is, in which case I'd say, are you living under a rock? Hugh Grant was once a huge superstar. He was like romantic lead, like leading man, what women want. Wasn't that the movie he was in? No, that's Mel Gibson. (laughs) Why do I get them confused? (laughs) I have no idea because they couldn't be more different. They're like pretty similar. No. Hugh Grant and Mel Gibson, they're both like like movie stars. (laughs) Like the only thing (laughs) they they both acted, you know. They both have like one syllable names. That's true. You got me there. Okay, well, what was Hugh Grant in then? Well, at the time, Hugh Grant had just become a superstar because he was relatively obscure until 1994, actually. So, okay. born in London, he acted in England for a while. He made his debut, actually, while he was attending Oxford in an Oxford finance film in 82. And then he just worked a series of jobs while he would take minor roles in television and movies. He was even writing copy for Red Stripe. And, you know, he was apparently the assistant groundsman at the Fulham Football Club. He was just doing a bunch of different stuff in the 80s and not really a famous person until 1994 when he starred in Four Weddings and a Funeral. Mm, Yes, yes, yes. Wait, so he was like, he was trying to be an actor this whole time, but he like didn't break it, like make it big yet. The way he tells it is that he wasn't really trying to be an actor. He just enjoyed acting. And he even apparently turned down an overture from somebody who offered to be his agent, but then later actually took that person up on, on his offer. So he wasn't really trying to be an actor. He even says that he was going to give up acting, but when he read the script for Four Weddings and a Funeral, he loved it so much that he had to do it. And he was really one of those overnight superstars. He went from being a nobody to, like you said, right in the beginning, the romantic lead, the yeah. a leading man in Hollywood, like a guy who apparently made $100,000 for Four Weddings and a Funeral, which is a lot of money. But his next movie, he got paid $6 million. Same. Your first dog sitting gig was for a hundred thousand dollars, right? And then this one is for six million? Seven. Seven million. Seven million, okay. So you're doing just a tad bit better than Hugh Grant in nineteen ninety five. Yes, but I don't have a car here in Chicago, so the next part of the story I can't really t- take part in. You need to buy yourself a white BMW. Mm-hmm. With my seven mil. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, four weddings and, and a funeral was a huge hit. He even won a Golden Globe Award for Best Actor. Yes, Golden Globes. He was killing it. But let's backtrack. 
let's go to his relationship with Elizabeth Hurley because that actually started in 1987. And was she famous yet? No, not at all. Hmm. So they were just like two normal people dating who then became famous. Yep. Even to this day, they talk about how they became so close because they were together when they had nothing and they lived in a tiny studio and were gritting it out, living paycheck to paycheck. So that's why they had such a tight bond. Yeah. But they actually met on the set of the Spanish film called Ramando al Viento in 1988. Well, actually in 1987, that was the, that was when the production took place. It was released in 1988 and he met Elizabeth Hurley then and they started dating during the filming actually. Okay. So this is like a low budget, probably small little film that they did. Yeah. The way Hugh Grant describes it, it was pretty funny. I forgot the exact quote, but he says something like at the time, a bunch of films that he would do were like European hodgepodgey kind of films where like there'd be a Spanish director, but an English cast and a French writer. So he would do a lot of these movies and they weren't like big budget, you know, blockbuster films. They kind of sound like a hot mess, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I was looking at their IMDb ratings and none of them were quite good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The one movie he did pre celebrity that apparently was underrated was called I think Impromptu I think I wrote it down somewhere it, and he plays Chopin yeah it's called Impromptu in 1991 but it didn't really receive any acclaim okay and Chopin is the artist yeah a composer famous composer you're composer, not you're not familiar yes, with him <laughs> no I am I just needed a refreshing moment and Chopin was not a member of you two Mm, That was Sting, yeah. That was Sting, exactly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, God. I'm not a musician historian. A music historian. Yeah, you love music so much, actually. I love music, but I'm not, like, good at keeping up with, like, who's who. Right, your music history acumen is right up there with your dates and times acumen. Yeah. I'm not book smart. I'm street smart, you guys. <laughs> and that's questionable, too. Yeah, yeah. I was actually talking about that the other day. I was like, I used to be really smart, but once you like kind of stop doing stuff every day, like I'm not like doing math every day and like stuff like that. I'm like, I, for- I feel like I'm not that good at math anymore, but I used to be really good at math. You got to get back and on I- your grind, right? I know. I've been reading a lot more and I feel like I'm like smarter now again because of reading well that did not prove a point (laughs) that (laughs) sentence (laughs) well back to the scandal okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) to answer your question about elizabeth hurley like hugh grant elizabeth hurley wasn't a major celebrity until four weddings and a funeral Mm. it was actually at the premiere of four weddings and a funeral in 94 that elizabeth hurley became a mega celebrity Because of the premiere. And you know why? Because she looked amazing. Exactly. She apparently... She wears this black Versace dress. And it had these like super-sized gold safety pins. The dress causes this major stir. It literally has its own Wikipedia page. That is decently lengthy. Yes. Uh, 
Check it out. I need a picture. I need Read a picture. It. You will see a picture one day, right after the podcast. I'll send it to you. Is the, it up there with like JLo's green dress and like Bjork's swan dress, like iconic dresses? Yes. It's okay. easily up there, if not surpasses those dresses. Okay. It is apparently well, referred can to surpass Bjork's swan dress, sorry. <laughs> It's an you, iconic ha- dress. you haven't seen Elizabeth Hurley's black Versace dress. Okay, exactly. It, <laughs> good point. <laughs> but that's more of your your fashion history acumen failure. True, 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 true. I'm not that either. So apparently it's referred to as quote unquote that dress. Oh god. According to Harper's Bazaar. The dress has been written about hundreds of times and has, quote-unquote, been immortalized in fashion history. Okay. Many consider it Versace's most famous work. And is she in this movie, or did she just go as a date? She was just his date. I mean, they were dating at the time for seven years. Right. Right, right, right. But she wasn't in the movie, and like that's how people discovered her as like an actress. Nope. She only had a few minor roles up until that point. She would go on to star in the film that she's best known for in 97. Do you you know what that movie is? Austin Powers? Yep. Oh, God. Iconic. It's my favorite movie. I love Austin Powers. I love the whole series. It's funny. Elizabeth Hurley's acting career isn't that illustrious. You know, she's very famous, but it's not really that much for her work. Unfortunately, she never really got a, bun- a bunch of roles. There's Austin Powers and Bedazzled. And aside from that, she doesn't really have any hits. Yeah, I feel like I only literally know her from Austin Powers. Yep, same. I- and Bedazzled. You know the Brendan Fraser movie? No. She plays the devil? No. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. I-, I maybe have seen that once. It used to play like on TNT all the time. I want to say. Yeah, I feel like I've seen it on like TV, like in a hotel room before. Yeah, totally. So before we get to the scandal itself, I want to pull some quotes from a People article, which illustrate Hugh Grant's image at the time. So here's a few quotes. You'll like this. Hugh Grant was every mother's, not to mention sisters, daughters, aunts, and grandmother's dream, a clever and charming 34-year-old who loved his mom and dad. His mom and dad. <laughs> People even went for the English spelling of mom. But just mom. Right. Not like mom and pop. Yeah, like it would be pop, mom. right? Yeah. They like literally did the least. They're like, mom's a thing, right, in England? Yeah. Mom? Every, we're going to name every part of your family in this sentence that we're only going to do one of the English words. Like grandmother, not like grandmom. Come on, people. Do better. Oh, people. They also refer to him as a dashing darling. Yeah. He's pretty dashing. And they also said he was, or they said the actor could do no wrong. (gasps) Little did they know. (laughs) Little did they know. Because that was only true up until 1.30 a.m., on a Tuesday, June 27th, 1995. It would be on a Tuesday. It, shit always happens on a Tuesday, doesn't it? 
Yeah, because you got to get like through the week somehow. <laughs> you got to take your white BMW and uh, <laughs> go down Sunset Boulevard for, for a little stroll. Literally go down yep. on Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> so Sex joke. Love those sex jokes. Also, <laughs> nothing great happens at 1.30 on a Tuesday morning because that's really just Monday night. And if you are yeah. out then and you're trolling for something, things will likely go wrong. Yeah. It's a weird like time to still be like active. Exactly. But if you're Hugh Grant, you're a big time celebrity at this point, you're going to be active probably 24-7. True. Like, I feel like celebrities have different on-off hours. Yeah. Well, like, they don't, like, they don't, like, work, like, a normal schedule. So, like, a Monday or a Saturday, it's all the same. They're in rich and famous. In fact, I feel like celebrities typically try to avoid going out on a Friday or a Saturday or even a Thursday because that's when all us normies are out. Us plebeians. So, people actually had some major details on his night, which is kind of creepy, but... I'll outline them for you because I find them pretty funny. So Monday night, he was apparently dining with the director of the film Nine Months, uh, Chris Columbus. So, yes, I love Chris Columbus. Chris Columbus went on to direct Rent, which is a terrible like movie, but actually the best movie ever. So I love him. Did he really? He directed Rent. Yes. Okay. I didn't know this about Chris Columbus. Okay. It's like the only thing I know about him. So normally Hugh Grant wouldn't be in L.A., but he's in L.A. to promote the movie Nine Months. And he is going through the press junket. He's going to do all the talk shows and stuff like that. So that's why he's even in L.A. in the first place. Mm. And he's going out for apparently sushi and sake, as people says it, with uh, Chris Columbus at the quote-unquote trendy Matsuhisa restaurant. I loved this detail because do you know about Matsuhisa? No, I don't even know how to say that. <laughs> I barely do. Yeah. It's a restaurant that's still around today, and the owner and chef, Nobu Matsuhisa, has built a monster Ooh. empire since. Nobu. Nobu, exactly. I know Nobu. I've never been to Nobu, but I know Nobu. I have been to Nobu. Who the heck are you going to Nobu with? My dad. Mm, He loves Nobu. (laughs) Yeah. Well, next time, you know, feel free to invite me. If you're in town, I would. Doubt it. I was in town for years. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) That was my phase where I wasn't going to Nobu. Okay, the two times you've been were not during those years. <laughs> they weren't, actually. So Okay, so Nobu is... This is before Nobu was famous. It's not like his other Nobu, or his pre-Nobu. Yes, I believe this is pre-Nobu. So he just owns Matsuhisa at the time. Because I did this little, like, tangent deep dive on Nobu Matsuhisa. <laughs> yeah, I would... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he he becomes really good friends with Robert De Niro and then he ends up actually being in a couple Robert De Niro movies. What the heck? 
Yeah. I know this is a crazy tangent, but it's true. And then Robert De Niro is actually a co-owner of Nobu. What the heck? So Nobu's also like an actor? But he's not really Robert an actor. He plays a chef in movies. Mm, so he's like in the background being like, like yeah. waving his knives and stuff. Okay. Doing things. Okay. So, so it's I, not super random. I feel like Robert De Niro has come up in a lot of these scandals. He has. No, he has. You're right. He's, I mean, that's Robert De Niro for you. He's been around forever. And I that feel like Robert he has De like two degrees of connection with almost anybody. Yeah, he's like Kevin Bacon, but, like, older. <laughs> yeah, Bacon's only been around long enough to be the six degrees of Bacon. Mm-hmm. De Niro's like the two, two degrees, degrees of, of De Niro. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm just loving these details because they are just so intimate. Like, why yeah. do they know that Hugh Grant was having sake before he... That's what I was going to say. Like, how do they know what his meal was before he, like, got a blowjob? It's crazy. Maybe maybe Divine Brown told them. We'll get to that. Um, oh my god, her name's Divine Brown. Yes, uh, queen. I forgot about her. I love her. Literal legend, icon. We'll get there. But <laughs> sometimes I wonder, too, if people and, you know, Us Magazine just make up these details because who the hell's going to check them? Right, no one's going to be like, you know what, I'm going to call the Nobu and I'm going to ask them for the receipts for Hugh Grant's dinner from 1995. Like, I'm just like, oh yeah, he probably had sake. I mean, we've all had sake. We all make terrible decisions afterwards. So it checks out. I would love like a people fact checker. No, he wasn't having sushi. He was actually having tempura. Okay. He had a miso soup, bitch. Okay. So don't assume we all He's know not, he doesn't eat meat. Hugh Grant only ever has sashimi, okay? So shut the fuck up. Divine Brown is better than that. <laughs> so apparently at half past midnight, oh, Hugh Grant. <laughs> these details really? are the best. Really? We're going to go half past now? Yes. Like a freaking British person? I love at the half writing. Past. Oh God! And this article, by the way, is from July 1995. So it's vintage. Right. It isn't a revisit. I always try to find an article from the time period. So that's why the details are so rich. Okay. So we're at half past midnight now. (laughs) Get this. He gets into his white BMW and heads east on Sunset Boulevard. Oh my God. Heads east. How fast is he going? 37 miles per hour. That's too slow for sunset. <laughs> Hugh, Hugh likes to take it easy. <laughs> he likes to go just barely over the speed limit. He doesn't want to put anyone in danger. Exactly. Except for Divine Brown. Except Divine Brown in Elizabeth Hurley's career. So apparently, about an hour later, he pulled his car to the curb near the corner of, get this, Courtney and Sunset in Hollywood. They even know the intersection. Nobody knows where Courtney Street is. Oh, right. You don't know Courtney? No. You're missing out. It's a great intersection. I love Courtney and Sunset. (laughs) There, he exchanges words with Divine Marie Brown, a.k.a. Stella Marie Thompson. Wait, so why is her name Divine? Divine Brown is her working name. So, 
LAPD cops happen to be watching the encounter, and they actually describe Divine Brown as a known prostitute. Later, they described her as this. So that must have been why they were in the area. Maybe not to specifically search for Divine Brown, but apparently this area was known for prostitution, and that's why Vice was there. They were looking to make a bust. Yeah. So Brown climbs into Grant's car as people says it climbs. <laughs> yeah, like did he just roll the window down and she had to like shimmy her way through? Like Jesus Christ. We all know Hugh Grant's car doors don't open. He's not getting out of the car to open no doors. <laughs> and they turn onto Hawthorne Avenue. And I know uh, Hawthorne. You do. I do know Hawthorne. <laughs> People describes it as a tree-lined residential street. Okay, it's, I can't with this whole people investigate thing. Like, they think they're a freaking like, true crime, crime podcast. Well, what I love is that it has to be tree-lined because I feel like they think it adds like a level of innocence. Like, Just think of the trees right. and the kids playing. There must be like a tire with rope you know, <laughs> tied onto one of the trees. You know what I mean? And there's like little kids playing. A tire with rope, so a tire swing. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot what those were called. Yeah, you make it sound so ghetto. (laughs) A tire with rope on it. (laughs) The kids had to play. I'm like, we're on Sunset Boulevard. There's no freaking tire on rope. I had one of those makeshift swings in my backyard, actually. Oh, you poor boy. (laughs) So a few minutes later, officers... Go and walk over to BMW and arrest Grant and uh, Divine for engaging in what the policeman called a lewd act. This is according to people. Okay. Do you think they knew that it was Hugh Grant and that's why they pursued it? Or were they like, like if it was anyone, they would have like still pulled them over? I don't think they had any idea because other details that would emerge were that Hugh Grant had a baseball cap on, apparently, and was trying really hard not to be seen. That's what Divine Brown said. And even Divine Brown said that he was trying to hide his accent. Mm, So he wasn't driving around looking like Hugh Grant. Okay, got it. I just think they were at an intersection that was well known to be a pickup spot for sex workers. Yeah. And they happened to catch a big fish. Yeah, they were probably like, Ding, 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 ding. Where's my bonus? (laughs) Like, the window rolls down, and they're like, oh, shit. It's Hugh Grant. Holy shit. And at the time, he was huge. For whatever reason, four weddings and a funeral was just so beloved. It was actually the highest grossing British film ever at that point. Wow. So, what else has he been in? Is it just that movie that he's been in, basically? All time, or up until this point? That's basically it. Wow. Like, he he was in a bunch of stuff, but they weren't popular. Okay. Right. That took him from nothing to superstar overnight. Right. Okay. And then, obviously, he has this movie, Nine Months, coming out with Julianne Moore, Jeff Goldblum, and people are paying attention to him. Right. Okay. So, apparently, the press get a hold of the story super quickly, so... Hugh Grant releases a statement that very day. He says, last night, quote, 
Last night, I did something completely insane. I have hurt people I love and embarrassed people I work with. For both things, I am more sorry than I can ever possibly say. Okay. Do you like that apology? Eh. <laughs> it's a good one. Because he's like, saying he's like, upset about how people he hurt, not so much like what he did. Right? It seems contrite to me, and the Hugh Grant apology tour becomes quite a work of art. You'll you'll see. That's that's a big part of this story. Okay. So Hugh Grant. Wait, so just to just to be clear. Yeah. They were like getting it on in the car. In the car, she was giving him a blowjob. Okay, that's like that's pretty dramatic, but okay. One of the details that would emerge uh, were that. Hugh Grant could have paid her an extra $40 to get a hotel room and to have sex, but according to Divine Brown, he just wanted to get it on right there. All right, and boys got needs. <laughs> boys got needs. There will be some funny details to emerge. So he immediately hires Howard Weitzman, who is this big time LA lawyer. He actually defended Michael Jackson when. Michael Jackson faced child molestation charges. Yes. That's a whole other Holly Shook. I've heard of that. Immediately, Divine Brown becomes notorious, and there are offers all around the world for her story, exclusive story, people offering to pay $150,000. And we'll get there, because I want to have, like, a segment just dedicated to that. Okay. But Divine Brown is... A sudden celebrity, Hugh Grant is in a bunch of shit when everyone thought he was like the golden boy. So it is catching Hollywood by storm, this story. Yeah. So did they like actually go to jail or not really? They did. Okay. Because it's like now they're famous. They go to jail, but Hugh Grant and they're arrested and there's infamous mug shots of both of them. Hugh Grant is kind of like slouching forward a little bit. It's a full body. Oh, I know his, Not a full body, but I like torso. I know his mugshot. Yeah. Yeah, I know his mugshot for sure. He gets released on bail, and I think she may have spent more nights in jail than him. I thought it was interesting, the reaction uh, to the scandal from different celebrities, directors, producers. There was a lot of that. Also via people. Thank you, people. <laughs> Shout out People Magazine on sale now. Mike Newell, the director of Four Weddings and a Funeral, said, I wonder how significant it all is, really. He hasn't hurt anybody. My immediate reaction to that is he kind of forgot about Elizabeth Hurley. Right. Yeah. Hasn't he hurt her? Yeah, like, okay. Uh, No, I'm not going to get into it. Get into it, right. We're here to get into it. I'm just like, in my mind, Hugh Grant is like hot and famous and like stuff like that. I just feel like he could have probably like gone to a bar and like picked up like anyone, I feel. Is that wrong? That's true. But isn't that still wrong and still hurts Elizabeth Hurley? No, 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 it is. But I'm just saying like it could have been. You know, like, was the scandal, was it, was it more scandalous because he, like, was with a sex worker? Or if he had, you know, like, if it had come out that he was, like, cheating on Elizabeth Hurley, like, would it still have been a big deal, as big of a deal, you know? Oh, it, 
it's a thousand times more salacious that he not only gets with a sex worker, but he's arrested and there's a mugshot. Okay, true, true, true. That totally... So it's not just like a cheating scandal, essentially. Yeah, that's why I said from the beginning, the scandal is Hugh Grant is arrested. Okay, true. Of course, the cheating adds to it. If he was a single man, I think it's not as big of a story. Like, it's still a story, but people may laugh it off more so. Right, right, right. Okay. Good point, good point. But yeah, all of it mixed together creates this concoction for a super salacious story. It's one of the biggest scandals of the 90s. He is dating Elizabeth Hurley for eight years at this time. She is considered one of the most gorgeous women on earth, which becomes a theme in the coverage. How could someone cheat on Elizabeth Hurley? This question is asked over and over again. And then he not only cheats on her. No, go ahead. I have thoughts on that too. It's like, okay, so if she wasn't gorgeous, it wouldn't have been a big deal. Like, are we now like measuring a woman's worth of having a loyal boyfriend based on how pretty she is? (sighs) It kind of illustrates how shallow I'm people tired. can be. Yeah. People are just I'm shallow, tired. Rye. Mm-hmm. All right, whatever. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> I guess I like personally offended by a lot of this. It's I feel no you. On my life. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's totally ridiculous because it's not about the other person. It's about the person who cheats. Maybe if Elizabeth Hurley was 10% hotter, he wouldn't have done it. No, that has nothing to do with it. It has nothing to do with her attractiveness yeah, like, or her he, personality. It's Hugh Grant's issue. Okay, yeah. No, I, I I agree. And I just hate when cheating involves scandals. Like, the blame gets put on other people and people start making excuses. And, like, how could you cheat on Elizabeth Hurley? Like, how could he... He shouldn't be cheating on anyone. Like, he should just... I just hate that, like, whole thing... And it still happens today with scandals that involve cheating. And it just makes me very upset. And I get too into it. And it's I have to just let it roll off my back. But anyway. You are shook by it. I'm very shook. That's why we call it Holly Shook. Of course. It fits, but it's annoying. Another quote from a stunt coordinator on Nine Months, Glenn Wilder. He says... It seems illogical, incredible, and totally out of character. My first reaction, they must have got the wrong guy. Oh my god. This was No, how could popular, attractive, white, cisgendered male make any mistakes? We like, know they're the perfect. He's just a young boy who's overwhelmed with his over overnight fame like oh my god his bumbling self-deprecating humor is just so attractive and sweet that he could never do anything wrong he could never it's not him you got the wrong guy like he's already admitted to it and they're like it's not him it's an imposter it's an imposter damn it hugh grant's been kidnapped it's a hugh grant doppelganger pretending to be hugh grant we all know hugh's in england like, so stupid. Oh, my God. I kind of loved this next quote from a prominent female producer. She went anonymous with this quote. Of course. Sean Penn could get away with this, but not Hugh Grant. Every woman in America wanted him to take her out for a malt. Now, the buzz in the secretarial pool is, oh, yuck. 
it was a self-destructive act. Wait, first off, what is this, the frickin' 1930s? Who's going out for a malt? <laughs> Only like, those Brits. High school? I love like, all what? I love because he's British, everyone kind of changes their language. It's yeah. like not mom, it's mum. He's taking people out for a mall. I don't know if that's a British thing, but I feel like it wouldn't be said about, let's say, Sean Penn, for example. Yeah, I'm like, no one I feel like people go out for malts. First off, no one does that. But I would say like maybe like milkshakes, but like when you're thirteen. Like he's freaking having a blowjob on the side of the road. I don't think he's like taking her out for a malt. No, he's and taking also, her to Hawthorne Avenue, okay? Right, from Courtney to Hawthorne. And there's no malts being sold between Courtney and Hawthorne, okay? And also I doubt that this woman uses the word secretarial pool very often. So I'm just annoyed at her. I don't even know who she is. But also like why is she comparing him to Sean Penn? And why can Sean Penn get away with it? I actually get that because Sean Penn was always the bad boy. And Hugh Grant is squeaky clean Hugh. Like I said, the bumbling, self-deprecating, boyish guy with lots of charm. So how could he do anything wrong? If Sean Penn was getting a blowjob between Courtney and Hawthorne, people would say, right, Sean Penn is getting a blowjob between Courtney and Hawthorne. Okay. Yeah. That's fucking stupid. But But you know that's how this shit works, Rye. No, I know, I know, I know. Also, I feel like Sean Penn is the other one that I always confuse for Hugh Grant and Mel Gibson. Like, the three of them, I'm kind of like, what's the difference? Hugh Grant, Um, Sean Penn, Mel Gibson, all the same guy. All the same guy. Remember when Hugh Grant starred in Mystic River? I feel like Charlie Sheen you can throw into that mix, too. The four of them could all be, you know, replaced with each other. So basically white men? White men who, like maybe are from a different country. Do you throw Christian Bale into this mix? No, I know who Christian Bale is. Okay, he's Welsh, though, so... Oh, really? Yeah, you didn't know that? Well, he's, like, more prominent, I feel. Like, the rest of them are kind of just like, oh, I, like, know who they are, but I don't really know who they are. Wait, Sean Penn, you don't think is prominent? He's an Academy Award winner, right? A lot of people are Academy Award winners. (laughs) You know the long list of Academy Award winners? Yeah, like Lady Gaga's going to be one soon, okay? Don't <laughs> hike it up to more than it is. <laughs> I, I actually love the concept of Lady Gaga diluting the worth of an Academy Award. And coming <laughs> no, from you is hilarious because you love Lady Gaga. She raises it. She raises it. Sean Penn took it down, and she's going to bring it back. She'll bring honor to the award once more. Here's a super random quote, which I think ended up being the most accurate. It's from producer Steve Tisch, who produced Forrest Gump, American History X, Pursuit of Happiness. I say it's random because I couldn't find a Hugh Grant connection with him. Maybe I didn't search hard enough, but I was like, why did they ask Steve Tisch when they haven't worked together? But okay, he says, Mm -hmm. in terms of business, it's going to be a speed bump in his career path. Well, I like the kind of like driving metaphor that he (laughs) made, like, there's a speed bump. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I, I was thinking that earlier when you brought this up. And that's why I asked, had he been in anything else at this point? Other than like four red, four funerals and a marriage certificate or something. Um, 
because I was like, he had to have gone on to like do more movies then because he's not famous for one movie, right? Of course not. A so lot this of didn't really like. If anything, I feel like now people are like, "Ooh, he's kind of like bad boy." And it, like, kind of he he still kind of maintains the same shtick and role he had at this point with four weddings and a funeral and nine months because i would say his second most famous movie ever if not his most famous movie is bridget jones's diary that's what i was thinking of earlier he's always playing that affable leading man in a romantic comedy basically yeah and this doesn't okay. ruin that. He doesn't go on to play more bad boy kind of roles. And we'll get to the aftermath here, but he handles it pretty well, as you'll see. And I think that helps him maintain his career and not get derailed, right? I mean, as we learn with most of these scandals, right? You know, we're on our, what, like 12th episode by this point? I have no idea. Most careers aren't derailed. Like, we've seen a few, but I think all the ones that have been derailed are female musicians. <laughs> Literally, I was like, well, Sinead O'Connor's didn't really end well, and nor did Natalie Woods, but she was murdered. So that didn't really help her career. Dixie Chicks. Dixie Chicks, but they, like, had such a good comeback. True. Mariah Carey had a great comeback. Mariah Carey had a great comeback. Um... Yeah. Most well, have great comebacks, though. Yeah, and most of the men's careers actually don't really take much of a hit, so... They really don't. They fucking love everything. So, anyway, now people are trying to dissect the relationship and find issues, so there's stories about how they spent more time apart than they really did together, because he's always traveling for movies, and she was living in L.A. for a couple of years to try to become an actress, which didn't really work out at the time. Apparently, they were just not always together, which isn't an issue, but now people are trying to, you know, look in retrospect and see, was yeah. there anything going on here? Right, like hindsight's twenty twenty. They're like, oh, well, that time when they didn't go to the dinner together must have been a bad night. Exactly. And people are plucking old quotes from interviews, like Hugh Grant saying that, the prospect of marriage was, quote-unquote, very scary. Very scary. Why did you say that like Austin Powers? <laughs> did I? Very I didn't mean to. scary. <laughs> Do I make you randy, baby? Oh, God, no. <laughs> you were totally the guy who would, like, quote Austin Powers in the Austin Powers voice in high school. I was. Well, middle school. You were so... Middle, middle school. Middle school, Even worse. <laughs> um... But apparently they were super close. Hugh Grant actually said they were like brother and sister. And this is a funny quote. I, I, I can't wait to get your reaction to this. Ew, I don't like it already. He says, which isn't to say that's not a sexy thing, because I think the idea of incest is quite titillating. <gasps> what? No. That sentence got worse with every word and then ended on titillating, which is like very, very, very scary. <laughs> No good sentence ends in titillating. Or the best and of no sentences sentence, do. Or no good sentence starts with I like incest and that my girlfriend is like my sister. Like, what? I just think it's classic British humor. Oh, God. It's making me really have 
question a lot of stuff in my life. Here's a quote from 94 that people plucked. Uh, Hugh Grant said, I always find love scenes a tremendous turn on because you're kissing strangers and it's so naughty. What the fuck? So, of okay. course, people latched onto that quote. So, he likes kissing strangers and fucking his sister. And Got receiving blowjobs between Courtney and Hawthorne. Courtney and Hawthorne. Which, blowjobs between Courtney and Hawthorne is definitely going to be the title of my memoir. Because that is so good. And coincidentally, blowjobs between Courtney and Hawthorne, I've heard, are quite titillating. So is incest. So, I mean, <laughs> at least they're all in agreement on that. <laughs> Here are LAPD's comments on the arrest on June 28th. 95. So one day after the arrest, Officer Lori Taylor of the LAPD said that, quote, Grant was observed to drive a vehicle up to a prostitute and allow her to enter. They drove a short distance to a residential street and engaged in lewd conduct. Vice officers walked up on the car and observed the act. Both the prostitute, described by police as a black woman named Divine Brown, 23, and Grant were taken into custody. Officer Corey Palka said Grant was, quote, unquote, extremely embarrassed when the officers introduced themselves, but was, quote, very nice and very cooperative, just like you would be. <laughs> Classic yeah. you, right? Total Hugh move. So he and Brown uh, were charged. He was charged with lewd conduct. She was charged with soliciting. Right. They were both due to appear in court on July 18th. So the potential uh, consequences were that Hugh Grant could be sent to jail for up to six months or have a $1,000 fine or both. Okay. Let so, me guess. He paid the fine. <laughs> he pays a... Here, I'll get to that. Uh, a lot happens in between him ultimately pleading out, but... We'll skip to the him pleading out, and then we'll go. We'll backtrack a little bit. On July 11th, Hugh Grant pleads no contest to a misdemeanor charge of lewd conduct with a prostitute. He was fined one thousand one hundred eighty dollars and sentenced to two years of unsupervised probation. Not bad, not bad. One condition of his probation is that he attend an AIDS education program by November 13th of that year, according to the clerk. He was going to do his education program in England. Apparently, it's just an eight-hour session. And Divine Brown was sentenced to six months in jail because she had priors. Aww, so she sucks. she got 180 days. Aww. And but, little old Hugh just gets to walk around scotch-free. So let's backtrack a little bit. June 29th. 1995, of course, Elizabeth Hurley provides a statement to the press. Her first comments on the matter, she says, quote, I am still bewildered and saddened by recent events and have not been in a fit state to make any decisions about the future. For many years, I have turned to Hugh for help during difficult times. And so now, even though my family and friends have been very kind, I am very much alone. This is all very painful for me, and if members of the press could find it in their hearts to give me some time, I would be very grateful. Okay. So how long after did she say this? 
June 29th. Two days. Um, okay. So pretty quickly after. Yeah, pretty quickly after. And that one piece of the quote where she says, I'm very much alone, like made headlines. People... Yeah, people probably freaking ran. They they were running wild with that, yeah. But according to the Washington... They're broken up, they're broken up. Exactly. And you feel terrible for Elizabeth Hurley in that moment. Like, she's very much alone. And of course that'd be true, right? Her boyfriend of eight years has just betrayed her. And this was her boyfriend since she was like 22 years old, I want to say. They live together. They do everything together. As she said, she always turns to him when she has issues. Now who does she have to turn to? It's really the shitty situation. And then you have to deal with it in public when you really just became a huge public figure in the last year. If this happened two years before, nobody would care. No one would have, like, paid any attention. So according to the Washington Post, on July 1st, they reported that on June 30th, Hugh Grant went to Britain and met with Elizabeth Hurley at their rented mansion. (laughs) And of course, the media did not respect her request for privacy because they swarmed the house, were taking all these pictures of them having lunch together uh, in in the garden. Of course, of course. So British of them. Want to have some lunch in the garden. One piece of the article says... They then witnessed the arrival of a double bed ordered by Hurley, according to one report. And then one reporter quipped, this sets the scene for a reconciliation. What, that she's getting a separate bed? No, it's a double bed. They mean like a queen. Instead of two twins, Um, a single double bed. Did they not have a bed in this house before this? That was literally my first thought. I'm like, is it like... Was this the straw that broke the camel's back? They're like, we should get a bed now. <laughs> Maybe it's one of those r- rented places that has no furniture and you have to furnish it yourself. It's a long-term yeah. rent renting situation. It's not like an Airbnb. Yeah. They weren't renting it for I a just, month, just for a few, like a couple years at least. So they had to provide their own furniture. Yeah, I guess. I couldn't I find like, the details on that. <laughs> Yeah, of like of all the things, this is the one thing that has no details. <laughs> yeah, of all the, the most details. Confusing part. <laughs> Down to the fact that Elizabeth Hurley was ordering double beds. Like right. how did they get that detail? But also like a double bed is like not a queen bed though. I'm just really stuck on why did they get like a small bed? Like they had a lot of money. Like get a California king. Right, I don't know. Call Elizabeth Hurley and ask her. I'm freaking going to, because I'm really up in arms about this. <laughs> this is the most scandalous part. Why didn't they get a bigger bed? This this is Especially what got fighting. me shook. This is why I did the scandal. It's the double bed controversy. Really? Why? I'm like, if you're if you're in a fight, at least like have space between you guys too. Oh God. Jesus Christ. I need a new bed. Anyway. Elizabeth Hurley's mom commented on the issue, Angela Hurley. She said that Liz phoned me this morning. She told me she is doing just fine. Liz. (laughs) Yeah. My little Liz. (laughs) Okay, so she's doing, she's chilling. She's good. Here's where the scandal takes a turn. Uh Hugh Grant appears on Jay Leno's The Tonight Show on July 10th. 
Hey, shout out Jay Leno. Episode three. Do you remember this tidbit from that scandal? When Hugh Grant was on Jay Leno? Yes. Um, I don't. So this is a callback to an older Holly Shook episode, if y'all don't know. When I covered the Jay Leno versus David Letterman scandal, one of the tidbits from that was that Jay Leno was doing worse, much worse in the ratings than David Letterman until Hugh Grant's infamous appearance. Wow. Did you know you were going to do this one later? I didn't. Well, I had it on my list for forever, but I didn't know I was going to tie it like that. That's so weird. Good at you. Good on you. I want to make like a little, I feel like this is like American Horror Story. Like it's all getting tied together. Right. Like <laughs> this most se- recent connected. season. The murder house with Coven and everything. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So cool. But anyway, yeah, this, weird. this was the episode that launched Jay Leno's The Tonight Show to then beat Letterman in the ratings from then on. He always beat him everyone in the wanted to know like Q's side of things oh yeah it was actually scheduled already because he was supposed to do a promotion for nine months but then obviously the scandal happens and he didn't want to cancel interviews that was the most fascinating part of how he handled things people talk about his PR strategy to this day because unlike many other celebrities who would cancel interviews go into hiding under the radar he faced it head on. So he goes on to Jay Leno's The Tonight Show a mere, what, two weeks later? And Jay Leno opens with, what the hell were you thinking? That was his first ah! question. Dead, 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 dead. It's one of the most iconic questions in talk show history. Yeah. I'll read Hugh Grant's answer to that question. <laughs> and, you know, I'm going to add a little bit of that Hugh Grant bumbling style. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I, won't, I won't do the British accent. but Thank Thank Lord. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not easy. Um, people give me tons of ideas on this one. I keep reading new psychological theories and stuff like that. You know, like I was under pressure, overtired, or I was lonely, or I fell down the stairs as a child or whatever. But I, um, you know, I think that would be bullocks, really, to hide behind something mm-hmm. like that. I think you know in life what's a good thing to do and what's a bad thing. And I did a bad thing, and there you have it. First off, great performance, Armin. I wish you guys could see he encapsulated the the character so well with this hunched-over posture and kind of a bumbling, like, nervous face. You really method acted Bobbling the head a little bit. Yeah, you literally were, like, acting <laughs> and, like, pretending like you were being interviewed by Jay Leto. Just that no British great. accent. This should be, yeah, we should be having a TV show, not a podcast, because you guys <laughs> really got to see how much effort that went into that performance. But I honestly, Rye, I love this apology. He takes ownership, unlike many people we have covered on Holly Shook. He doesn't take any excuse that was given to him on a silver platter. Like I mentioned earlier in the pod, people were trying to find some psychological issue with him. They were saying, oh, what's the psychology of cheating? How could you cheat on someone like Elizabeth Hurley? You must have some sort of mental issue. But he says, no, I know what's a good thing and I know what's a bad thing. I did a bad thing and that's it. 
Yeah, I mean... It doesn't negate the it. wrong, but right. if you do the wrong, then be contrite about it, own up to it, and try to make amends, yeah. right? I mean, that's the best you can ask, right? I mean, none of us are perfect, right? Except for you. Yeah. I mean, I'm perfect. Um, that's why you can't relate to this. Yeah, I'm having trouble um, understanding this this way of thinking, but um, I guess if I were to make a mistake ever, I would probably just be like, um, yeah, that was that was a bad choice and it happened and I don't know what else you guys want me to do. I can't take it back. So let's just move on. And that's what he says, basically. Like none of y'all have gotten a freaking blowjob between Courtney and Hawthorne. Like, let's stop pretending that everyone here is an angel. And it was titillating. Okay. It's hugely titillating. Yeah. That plus adding a little bit of humor, you know, with the, or I fell down the stairs as a child. Yeah. He turned it around, right? Real comedian. He did, though. He turned it around. In that moment, he goes from the goat to the hero once again. America fell in love. A lot of articles I read were saying, in fact, he may have raised his profile in a positive way after this scandal. He became more beloved. Yeah. It humanized him, I guess. And then he's like, hey, I'm just a a British boy who made a mistake and, you know... I want to fuck my sister, and my sister wasn't there, so i got to fuck someone. He also says in the interview with Jay Leno, contrary to what I read in the paper today, Elizabeth Hurley has been real supportive, and we're going to try and work it out. Time is the essence. It might be different with a single man, but it's not funny when you've got someone like Elizabeth Hurt. Uh, I'm sure I would be enjoying this scandal as much as everyone else, but it's horrible when you're on the other end. Pretty obvious, I would say. And he continues um, to do shows, right? He does live with Regis and Kathy Lee. He does uh, Larry King live. Mm-hmm. And he just keeps saying, I'm very sorry. And people were shocked by this. I read an article on CNN uh, that was written at the time. And there was a quote from this man named Howard Rubenstein, who apparently handles uh, crises for clients that range from politicians to entertainers, according to the article. Mm-hmm. He says, this behavior is very unusual for a celebrity. Most stars go into seclusion and don't talk and get angry and attack the media. He did the reverse. He apologized right away. He went on every talk show possible. He apologized to his girlfriend and the public applauded him. They're breaking down the doors at the movie. So then did nine months go on to sell record-breaking tickets? (laughs) It broke all the records. Avengers 4 has (laughs) nothing on nine months. It did very well Titanic at the box is office. Shaking. <laughs> James Cameron wishes he could have these kind of box office numbers. No, it, it did very well, but obviously it's a romantic comedy. It has its limitations. It's not a superhero blockbuster, but it did very well. Critics didn't really like it, though. Yeah, I was like, I've never heard of it. Yeah, and once again on Larry King Live, he says, "I could, I could accept some of the things that people have exp- explained: stress, pressure, loneliness, but that would be false. In the end, you have to come clean and say." I did something dishonorable, shabby, and goatish. Here we are again with the British slang. <laughs> shabby. I did something shabby. Do you okay. want to know? I, I, I get it. I appreciate that. I appreciate his apology tour. You're just angry at Hugh Grant for the incest stuff, are you? Yeah, I haven't really moved on from that. And then I, the whole bed thing is throwing me off. I, 
honestly forgot what the real scandal was for a second. <laughs> the scandal is that Elizabeth Hurley ordered a double bed in a mansion that she's already been renting. That's the scandal, right? I thought we went it over just, this. It's just weird to me. Like, you're in a mansion, but you don't have a bed. I just, I can't. That's why he has to get blowjobs between Hawthorne and Courtney, because he doesn't have a bed to get one in. Ex- so and he doesn't have the $40 do to go to a hotel room. Yeah, like, where else? He spent all his money on the double bed. Oh, God. Anyway. Let's get so, Divine Brown's reaction. Yeah, I need to get back to the queen herself. So, Divine Brown is paid $158,000. By British tabloid News of the World to tell her story exclusively. Okay, yes, divine. Get that money, honey. She has also supposedly parlayed her tryst with Hugh Grant into a total of $1.6 million, which is insane. (gasps) Oh my God. She actually. How does she do that? She does appearances. She's been in TV since. Uh, She'll sell a story. Uh, Again, she, she. Gives more details in 2010, actually, which I'll tell you about. But whenever she can, she tries to use this to her advantage, which why the hell not? Right. Get it, girl. She actually, she pretty consistently says that she was very grateful for this encounter because it helped her put her kids through college, apparently. It helped her start a music recording company, actually, in Atlanta. Okay, weird twist of careers, but... Good for her. And she also didn't have to be a sex worker anymore, which she also said she was very grateful for. Right, right, right. Good for her. I'm excited for her. Yeah. I mean, look, if you get lucky enough <laughs> to be put in this situation, if we want to oh call it God. lucky, but... Yeah, let's not throw around the word lucky here, but... <laughs> let's just put it this way. In a bad situation, there was an opportunity to be had, right? Right. Yeah. And she no, no, no. took the fucking opportunity. As she should. Get a girl. Like one arrest for solicitation turning that into one point six million dollars, that's pretty badass. Right. What it and like what, you said six months in jail? Nothing. Hundred eighty days. One point six million dollars. I do it. it. Yeah. Right? Like sign me up. Where do I where do I gotta go? Courtney Street? Court Courtney and Hawthorne. No, I'm not. That's not funny. We shouldn't joke about that. <laughs> so, here are some details she's given over the years. She said, quote, as I sat in his car, he told me, I always wanted to sleep with a black woman. That's my fantasy. She also oh said, God. at one point, he got carried away and yanked my hair. I said, honey, you can't be that rough. Yes, honey. He, I love that. He kept calling me cherry red because my lips were red my shoes and clothes were red even my underwear was red he kept complimenting me on my lips and my feet i guess he has a foot fetish too oh my god yes honey divine or divine brown honey divine he said i want you you're so beautiful what's a beautiful girl like you doing on the street he sounded a bit like prince charles but tried to cover up his accent hmm do you think she knew who he was? Uh, no, she tells it like she doesn't. She says she didn't okay. know who, who he was. Right. Okay. She also said, he kept talking about how pretty I was and how he was struck by my lips and my feet. I said, you've got all these other women here. Why choose me? He told me he was looking for a beautiful black woman. Okay. 
Then we got that knock on the window. The guy put his flashlight down on my head. I looked up. Hugh looked up and said, oh, shit. We both thought it was somebody just knocking on the window. Then a police officer said, please step out of the car. Oh, my God. She actually has a lot of different interviews throughout the years. It's worth looking into Divine Brown herself, but we're focusing more, obviously, on Hugh Grant and Elizabeth Hurley. But I, I'm just psyched for her that she was able to, you know, use this to her advantage and then, you know, have enough to not only just live, but live affluently. Yeah, honestly. I It, it is like a tough situation because it's like, well, it sucks, but... I mean, she turned she turned a shitty situation into a profitable one. So, an entrepreneur she is. Hell yeah, Divine. So, back to Hugh Grant and Elizabeth Hurley. The long-term aftermath of their relationship. They actually stayed together until May 2000 when they broke up after being together for 13 years. Damn. I wonder what it was. What, what was finally the last straw for her? It doesn't seem like anything salacious because it was more than amicable. They maintain yep. to this day that they are best friends. So weird. Absolute best friends. In fact, in April 2002, Elizabeth Hurley had her first and only son, Damien Charles, and Hugh Grant is Damien's godfather. Oh my God, so strange. Uh, Hugh Grant himself, if you care about his love life, he's dated a bunch of different women since then. And he has a total of five children with two different women. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, I mean, everyone has their own, you know, timeline on relationships. But to me, if if they were already together eight years at that point and not really talking about marriage or, you know, anything that maybe it just was never something they wanted. Yeah, I don't really know. I mean, they stick it out for another five years, which is a long time. But they are just super close friends. And, for example, on Watch What Happens Live in 2015, Elizabeth Hurley says, he remains my best friend to this day. And when Andy Cohen asked her to rate Hugh Grant's sex skills, she says, oh, really? A 10. Oh, wow. So she's still, like, very happy about what went down with them. (laughs) She loves him. He loves her. He also said on Watch What Happens Live... Uh, Elizabeth Hurley is my absolute best friend, the number one person I call in a crisis. I just think, like, the love that you would need in a relationship relationship kind of fizzled out, but they knew they spent these 13 years together from, as Hugh Grant has said in multiple interviews, from the point in which they were nobodies and they had no money and they're living, you know, paycheck to paycheck. That bonds two people really tight, right? And they lived with each other from that point to the point at which they become become these superstars. I, I think you can never really break that bond, even if their relationship, yeah. their like actual boyfriend girlfriend relationship, ends. So yeah, to this day, apparently, best friends, absolute best friends. Yeah, I and I agree with that type of relationship. I think that there is a way for people to just have that connection, not necessarily in a romantic way, like, but have that special connection and, you know, they're soulmates in a different way, I guess, which I find very beautiful. Yeah. It's actually a really sweet ending. Yeah. To a story that could have gone really wrong. Yeah. This story had a lot of fucked up moments, but 
it's a really cute, nice way for it to end. Yeah, just best friends till the end. Good for them. Good for them. Hugh and Elizabeth. Hugh and Liz. Hugh and Liz forever. <laughs> and Divine on the side. <laughs> and Divine, she's rich now. Good for her too. All right, right. So uh, that's it. That I think I gave you almost everything. Yeah, well, People Magazine gave us freaking almost everything. They knew every detail of this shit. And let's thank Washington, so weird. Washington Post for the double bed tidbit. Yes, that part I'm still upset about. I will be writing into the editors. <laughs> we'll also share some links on our Twitter account at Holly Shook Pod of Hugh Grant's interview on The Tonight Show yes. with Jay Leno. We'll share that. Mm-hmm. And Elizabeth Hurley's dress, please. Yes. Yes. That dress, as it's known. The most famous Versace dress of all time. <laughs> well, that was good. I liked that. It, I, it felt very um, it felt very light, which I liked. It was. It's for the kind most of part. sleazy. It's the a moment's little... kind of sleazy. <laughs> it's a sleazy moment, and you have one person in Elizabeth Hurley who is the most hurt by it, definitely. But she bounces back recovers and it's a happy ending so that's my kind of holly shook i like that type of holly shook very happy ending um sometimes not as happy but this one it's a good little holiday um light little (laughs) holiday fair (laughs) just light holiday courtney hawthorne incest incest (laughs) double bed drama (laughs) family friendly episode (laughs) play it for the kids well, I'm glad you enjoyed it, Rye. And uh, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. That's about it for this week's Scandal. Can't wait to see what we come up with next time. Bye. Bye.